0: In case you're wondering, yes, I am still drinking that same moonshine.
1: From for five you, minutes ago. For
0: you, it's been two weeks. For me, it's been five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird if it was still two weeks. A two-week-old moonshine. I mean, mm. it is just chilling in my shelf. I don't think I
1: refrigerate You should refrigerate it after you open it. Fuck. It'll taste better.
0: All right. I'll Actually, you're technically
1: supposed to put it in the freezer.
0: I'll put it in the freezer. I don't know. I don't drink moonshine. This isn't the liquor of my people, you. okay?
1: You got to get it from a dude who makes it in the woods keith keith
0: he's in appalachia that see that's that's when you get the cryptids to spit in it
1: do i know where my family gets their moonshine absolutely not Does D- it, you don't ask it just questions. shows up in the freezer in a bottle in a mason jar
0: i understand this you don't ask questions when money shows up on your porch in the you, mafia You don't
1: ask questions you
0: don't ask it um so my question is what was your first ipod experience
1: I had the video iPod because my dad, for some reason, thought that a seventh grader needed a video iPod. Um, this is back when they were like bricks. Like, it was pretty much the size of my iPhone. Um, and because my dad is the way my dad is, he bought me the like the the biggest amount of storage. Nice. Never even came close to filling it up. Don't know why it that was... It like was like the
0: 256 or something yeah, like that, Yeah, I don't right? know
1: why he thought that I needed this. Probably because the man has... The, he filled up his. He had the same one.
0: Dad, high school musical only takes like point, 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 point 2% gigabyte.
1: He like felt the need to download any piece of music ever created between like 1970 and that 2006. Um, but anyway, and I remember him showing me how to use LimeWire in his basement. <laughs> and we downloaded like the five songs I could think of in that moment because when you're put on the spot and you only have internet access once a week like you gotta make a list between times you're man, seeing your, your dad man your dad
0: taught you the most important lessons
1: it is the most important life skill
0: my dad worked in a f- water filtration plant and he showed me what pH levels were <laughs> not as exciting
1: but he downloaded some stuff like cause obviously he had this this other loaded iPod yeah and so he would put on stuff like the Cheryl Crow cover Sweet Child of Mine mm. and just like random stuff John Mellencamp And he'd be like, do you like this? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. And he just like drag the file over from his music library to my music library and just put it on my iPod. Your
0: dad is a a total music nerd. He's like, you like this song? What about this song? Yeah, basically. You like this song?
1: Basically. So that is my my iPod experience.
0: That's cute. I got, I talk about this all the time. I talked about it on last episode. I got the first iPod shuffle, the white jewel stick, as they call it. And I got it for (laughs) Christmas one year and i remember being on the bus because that's when i would listen to music right or you know you sneak it as you go in high school you kind of you wear a hoodie you sneak i was
1: way too terrified to do that in high school oh no i
0: i fucking did it because i had long hair and i just knew how to how to hide it um sat in the front row well first off the fact that you sat in the front row says a lot about your personality. <laughs> exactly uh <laughs> <laughs> but this was during study hall they they were even getting picky about in study hall I'd did ever- you still
1: sit in the front row I didn't take study hall. I took an extra elective.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, (laughs) um, (laughs) so I remember being on the bus and thinking I was the coolest person in the world because I had this iPod shuffle because I remember my one friend, Becca Bien; she was on my street. She had an iPod shuffle with like a little sticker on it. And I'm like, man, that just looks cool. That experience. I just want to be her. I just want to be her. And then I finally got it. That was my only personality for like two years was that iPod shuffle. And then, you know, you get the other iPod shuffle and then you get the Nano and then you get the classic. But I, I just have such fond memories of clicking through. I would go to my brother's iTunes studio and grabbed Emery, The Question. These are the three albums in case you're wanting that to find me. Under Oath, They're Only Chasing Safety. And My Chemical Romance, Three Cheers. I also put random other shit in there, like a uh, Rhapsody, which is a Dragon Metal band,
1: Sometimes and you just need some Dragon metal. and a uh,
0: Sauron. The guy who plays Sauron from Lord of the Rings sings on it. Okay. Um. So there would just be other random shit like that, but it's pretty much those three albums. Oh, and Paramore's album, as you should. Uh, uh, all all we know is falling. That also was in the mix. So it was pretty much those four albums that. Just on, on repeat, walking where I was going, I was listening to that.
1: I wish I knew where my iPod was because I would pay a lot of money to be able to see 14 year old music. I
0: don't know where it is or
1: what happened to I it. I
0: had the iPod shuffle in my computer desk drawer all the way up till high school. I'm sure it's gone.
1: I found my nano because I had a nano later. Oh, I don't yeah. know why I had a nano later. Um, when they were like super cheap because it, it held a lot less and it wasn't as big and bulky as this the video ipod but i wish i knew where it was
0: anyway i'm Bethan and i'm leah and this is she will rock you where are they getting a dump in a cps meeting? no <laughs> bitch don't touch my <laughs> thermostat the ghost be like pull up before i haul you let me turn down the thermostat <laughs>
1: this is bad are on page one guys this is she will rock you And that is a great segue into today's topic of Paramore, because I was going to open with my iPod. Oh, perfect. And I don't know what it was, but the summer after seventh grade, I had an iTunes gift card. I didn't obtain all of my music illegally. iTunes gift cards, the best gifts. The best gift for seventh graders. Um, And I don't even know how I heard about Paramore's Riot, but for some reason I bought it. And it was, I'm not even kidding when I say it is all I, li- that, the entirety of Riot and then Yellow Cards, Ocean Avenue, were all <laughs> I listened to. I love that. <laughs> for an entire summer, also bought legally. Um, I'm not exaggerating. Like, when I, the last time I like, because you could look at your iPod stats. Yeah. I think I had played everything on Riot like 700 something times. To- it was a stupid amount of times. Um, so, yes, I... Baby 13, 14 year old me.
0: That's so cute. Listen to
1: nothing <laughs> but Paramore try it for years. I year see sp-
0: it. I see it too.
1: Uh, I thought I was so badass. Also, I probably listened to Hannah Montana. I'm not going to lie. You get the um, best of both worlds. My biggest flex is that Hannah Montana debuted on my 13th birthday. Oh, shit. And I'm never going to let anyone forget that. Also, Miley's new album comes out in two days. And it'll I'm be, very it'll excited be out by the time to. this comes out, but I'm um, very excited about this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let us talk about Paramore. Um, this is going to be a shorter episode just because Paramore is a very private band. It is very hard to find yeah. information on them. They've started filming a documentary, according to a Reddit thread that I found, uh, like three separate times. Um, and it's never panned out. The closest thing that we have is The Final Riot quote documentary it's really just a live concert with some behind the scenes footage also that was made in 2009 they also
0: like during the years when they were like you know pretty active with riot and um all that kind of stuff they were always still really quiet they're
1: just very private people
0: yeah even when they were feuding a little bit it was still very quiet
1: still very quiet so um yeah we're just gonna talk about the albums basically so in 2002 At the age of 13, Haley Williams moves from her hometown of Meridian, Mississippi to Franklin, Tennessee. And there she's in this homeschool program because of course she's homeschooled and she meets these brothers, Josh and Zach Farrow.
0: It always starts with brothers,
1: brothers. Um, and I don't really know why they were all in the same homeschool co-op. They were obviously, Obviously, Haley Williams grew up loving music. She listened to people like Debbie Harry and Susie Sue, which is not surprising. Um, but girl groups were one thing that she really loved, mm-hmm. especially the Shangri Laws. Really? Which is such a random influence. Yeah. Um, but little baby Haley was very into music. And so, right after she moved to Franklin and met the brothers, she starts taking vocal lessons. And they're kind of like, something's here like this girl yeah. can, this 13 year old girl can sing meanwhile while haley's over here doing her her voice lessons and yeah. hanging out with the bros and homeschool jeremy davis the founding bassist and his friend kimmy reed are in a cover band a funk cover band Ooh. called the factory and josh and zach Farrell are just over way. here Learn how to play instruments because they're like 14.
0: They should have called it the Funk Factory. And I'm just saying you had an alliteration chance and you Maybe missed it. Maybe it would have
1: worked. You missed it. Um, so the bros and the boys that all kind of have met Haley at this point, they're like kind of thinking they could be a band, but they're not sure because they were really edgy about the whole female thing.
0: <laughs> real edgy about it
1: this <laughs> is an exact quote from an article but they were like eh, you can write for us like we're still gonna be a band you're not in the band but you can write for us we'll oh my god we'll see how men. this goes men they're not even men they're 14 boys boys padawan boys but she hun- continued to hang out with them because she was the fir- they were the first people that she had met in her life that were as passionate about music as she was. And she yep. was like, there's something here. Like, we need to keep hanging out with them. So, she, Haley actually gets signed first as a solo artist to Atlantic Records. In oh, damn. In 2003. 14? She is 14. Jeez. She, she is a baby. Yeah. yeah. Like if you look at her, the picture, she is a baby. And Atlantic Records has this big, bold plan to turn into a pop singer. And she was like, absolutely not. Good for her. I would like to be in an alt rock band. And they're like, the fuck? No. Um, but some somehow she convinces him. Because... The A&R executive, whose name is Steve Robertson, said she wanted to make sure that we didn't look at her as some straight to top 40 pop princess. She wanted to make sure that she and her band got the chance to do what they could do as a rock band writing their own songs. So somehow, 14-year-old Haley Williams convinces Atlantic label president Julie Greenwald to do what she wants to do.
0: That's some power right there.
1: And they form a band. With former Creed manager Jeff Hansen managing the band. Oh jeez. And the brand ends up being Josh Farrow. I don't know if it's Farrow or Faro. I've heard both. I don't know the answer. Josh Faro doing lead guitar, Zach Faro on drums, Jeremy Davis on bass, and Haley Williams as lead vocals. Uh, a couple, like in like a year, they're gonna be like, hey, maybe we need another rhythm guitarist. And they just ask Haley's neighbor, Jason, <laughs> to be a rhythm guitar. And like, he agrees to it. um Jeremy Davis is slightly older than everybody else. So when he shows up after being recruited into this band, He's like shocked to find out that everyone's 14 years old Jeez. and goes, I have very, very little faith in everyone because they were so young. I remember not thinking this was going to work because they were, they were so young. But then on that first day of practice, it was amazing. And I knew we were onto something. Um, and this is something we talk about a lot on, on this show is people start bands when they're 14 and they don't work yeah like 14 year old bands are not supposed to go anywhere correct so this is this is something clearly something special uh, around the time that the band is starting Haley was obsessed with spice world the and movie th- yes the movie and she said that that was her dream was to be making music and having that much fun with her friends oh the cutest thing that's so cute so they decide they, they need to name the band. Clearly, it needs a name, mm-hmm. and they name it Paramore off Fli- the fly, off the f- off the bat. They stole it from the maiden name of one of their first bass players. This is before Jeremy was officially part of the band. His mom's or la- maiden name was Paramore, and they were like, "That sounds good," but they <laughs> that works. They weren't gonna spell it because the last name was spelled P A R A M O U R, like the actual mm-hmm. word. And so they decided to change up the spelling to be the way it is spelled. And here we are. And here we are. So they were originally supposed to release their music under Atlantic Records. But the marketing department was like, hmm. Maybe for the image that you guys, you 14-year-olds, are trying to maintain, we should not attach a major label brand to you guys. So they stick them under their newly formed subsidy, Fueled by Ramen.
0: I had no clue that was... A subdivision of atlantic i
1: didn't either i thought they were a cool indie label but
0: fuck you atlantic for <laughs> fooling us all these fucking years we're, we've
1: been lied to
0: i because i remember going on the website and i'm like this yes these fuckers
1: get it they were the coolest website with the coolest lineup and then you all gonna just fuck me over like that it's all atlantic and their marketing team jesus um so yeah they they made a subsidy for bands like this Uh, obviously the name of the label was inspired by the fact that like the crew that worked under this label, despite having Atlantic's money, didn't have any money. So they were living on ramen noodles, which is why they named it Fueled by Ramen. Ha ha. Funny. Multi-million
0: dollar fucking company. Let us us
1: pause to list some of our favorite bands that have, have lived on Fueled by Ramen at some point. We got Jimmy Eat World. Yep. 303. Yep. Panic at the Disco. Yep. Cover Starship. Yep. The Academy Is.
0: Oh, that was a good one.
1: Meet Me at the Altar. Also a good one. Fallout Boy is currently on this label. Yeah, that's right. They did switch over. Um, the label has like six people on it right now. Really? Yeah, it's not very big. It's because I remember when it had like twenty. Yeah, it, the list of alumni and previous people is huge, but the current list is not very big. Um. So yeah, just to name a few small bands you might have heard of. The band's first song that they wrote together was Conspiracy. Oh, that's a this that's a yes. good-ass song. Which later made it to their debut album. Um, as they're writing this album, they're touring the Southeast a little bit, usually driven by Haley's parents, because none of them are old enough to drive. No! That's so cute. <laughs> uh, she said that back then, I guess we were all thinking, like, after school, we'll go to someone's house and practice, and it was what we love to do for fun. And we still do. So I don't think any of us knew what this was going to turn out and become. Sometime in, I don't know what year we're in. We're in like 2005, 2006-ish. Paramore travels to Orlando, Florida. But shortly after arriving, Jeremy Davis leaves the band. Just citing personal reasons. So the remaining four members continue to do what they're doing. They're writing the album. They're writing All We Know. Um, They write the song All We Know, sorry, about Mm -hmm. his departure and decide to base the entirety of the album All We Know Was Falling about the whole concept of Jeremy leaving the band before it even starts. Oh, nice. The album artwork also reflects this because Haley explains the couch on the cover of All We Know Is Falling with no one there and the shadow of someone walking away. It's all about Jeremy leaving us and feeling like there's this empty space.
0: How would you like to just... Like usually, you save that kind of shit for like a significant other relationship. So no. Jeremy just all of a sudden up and getting.
1: It's how the do you basis? How do
0: you fucking? Fe- it's always the basis. How do you fucking feel, Jeremy?
1: Ah, uh, fuck you, Jeremy. That's basically what that album is. So before touring, they obviously have to have a basis. They can't go on tour without a basis. Yeah. So they add a guy named John Hembry. He's there. Uh during that summer they were featured on the Sheera Girl stage at the Warp Tour. I guess it's a brand that was in 2005. Are you
0: kidding me? Like
1: she What was it? Shira Girl. S H I R A G I R L. So it
0: has to be a specific girl stage? Apparently. Yeah. I don't like that.
1: But I mean they're on Warp Tour and they've only been a band for 2 years, so it's uh, pretty fair. good. Yeah. So after Warp Tour, they asked Jeremy to come back and he's like sure and so they kick out <laughs> they kick what's his face john uh, henry out and jeremy's back
0: i love it oh by the way don't listen to this album
1: before the album even <laughs> don't drops listen to the words this is before the album even drops the album doesn't even drop until the next year they were on the the summer 2000. well i guess it's at the same time they're on warped tour in summer 2005 the album comes out july 26 2005 oh my god it did hit number 30 on billboard's heat seekers chart the first single off the album was Pressure. Uh, they had a cool video directed by a guy named Shane Drake. Song did not chart, but the video does feature the band performing in a warehouse. I remember this. Getting sprayed by water sprinklers. So that's a win in itself. Much later in their career, after the band is successful, the album and the song Pressure do end up being certified gold by the RIAA. So, mm-hmm. you know, they took off a little bit. During the summer of 2006, they played on the Volcom and Hurley stages of Warped Tour. Uh, that's big. And I wrote in parentheses, is that not the most 2006 sentence you've ever heard? That's big.
0: So I remember, remember when Haley's hair was bright orange yes. and it had that yellow patch? So on MySpace, my cousin Caitlin, who's into the same music as me, she went to that Warped Tour and had this picture with Haley. Man, I
1: was jealous <sighs> of that photo jealous. I, I was here. like, why can't that be me? I'd be so jealous. That same summer, they start their first U.S. headlining tour in August to a sold-out audience. Um, the supporting acts on this tour were the Providence cute is what we aim for.
0: Oh, nice. And
1: hit the lights.
0: Ooh, very good.
1: In 2007, Hunter Lamb, the neighbor that they recruited to be in the band, yeah. he leaves to go get married. Okay, but They were like, "And eh, we'll just... The four of us will continue. Yeah. So it's the Pharaoh brothers, Jeremy and Haley. Before they start working on their next album, they kick Jeremy out of the band again. (laughs) Due to his, quote, lack of work ethic and participation in things that Zach, Haley, and I didn't agree with, according to Josh.
0: First off, he's the bassist. So, like, can you leave the man alone? He ain't going to do much.
1: So there's some kind of argument. Jeremy gets kicked out. After... An agreement involving the remaining three members, he was later reinstated as a bassist. (laughs) I love this so much. He was not out of the band, but like five minutes. Um, And at the same time, they bring him back on. They also bring Taylor York into the band as the new rhythm guitarist. He had been in a band with Josh and Zach before they met Haley. They kind of abandoned him to make the band with Haley. But, you know, everyone's one big happy family now. Sure. Before they started this next album, they wanted to make sure they found the right producer and they chose David Bendeth, who had previously worked with Your Vegas and Breaking Benjamin. Oh, okay. I will say this was probably the right choice because this album fucking slaps.
0: It's a very good album.
1: The album, titled Riot, was released on June 12th, 2007, entered the Billboard 200 at number 20. This is probably just how I knew about it. It was probably just a popular album. Yeah. In the UK charts at number 24. And they chose the name Riot because it meant a sudden outburst of uncontrolled emotion. And it was a word that, quote, summed it all up. Hmm. Misery Business was released as the first single from the album. Uh, When discussing what Misery Business was about, Haley Williams stated, When I was 13 or 14, I had a crush on Josh and he didn't like me back. So he'd go hang out with his girlfriend who I wrote Misery Business about because I was a dick. (laughs) 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 This is also my favorite song to sing at karaoke, and I need to tell you guys, listeners, yes. the story about the, I would say the one and only time I did this. Um, there was a bar, it is now closed, that used to do karaoke, and I get up there to do misery business, and literally the first note that Dennett starts playing, and this very drunk kid in the front row goes, "I fucking love Paramore,
0: bitch." This was literally, like an iconic moment because i was there like we literally just looked at each other we're like oh yes this is this is good this is good that
1: was that man gave me more hype in my life than i've received from anybody else like i understand why musicians do what they do from that one one drunk kid one gentleman um so now every time i hear this song i feel the need to yell that i also fucking love paramore bitch um paramore was featured on the cover of february 2008's issue of alternative press magazine big deal r.i.p alternative press uh and voted best band of 2007 by their readers the band was nominated for best new artist at the 50th annual grammy awards uh which were in 2008 i don't think they won but they were nominated mm. Which brings the bigger question of I don't understand the best new artist category at all. Because it's usually bands that have released like two or three albums. But that's a rant for another day. So early 2008 saw Paramore touring the UK and supporting Riot along with New Found Glory. Oh man. (laughs) We're digging out all the emo bands. Also in 2008, this small indie film came out. It's called Twilight you may have heard of it oh
0: boy oh boy and
1: paramore was nice enough to contribute two songs including a song called decode
0: <laughs> on the, on the shuffle
1: on the sh- oh, that's no solid. i had a nano
0: at this point on the nano man play that again play that again
1: the entire i looked i had to go listen to the twilight soundtrack again when i was writing this that album is a masterpiece yes yes it, it has is. no business going as hard as it does Gen Z will never understand the absolute chokehold that album has. Hey. Interestingly enough, someone I know went to a Muse show last night and they played Supermassive Black Hole. Oh, nice. Right after I wrote this. And I was like, that's weird timing. In early February 2008, the band began to tour in Europe. However, on February 21st, they announced that they were going to cancel the next six shows due to personal issues. Haley wrote on the band's website that The break will get, would give them a chance to get Away and work out their personal issues So immediately MTV.com Was like oh yep. my god they're breaking up Here it goes and fans are Freaking out they're like they're spreading Rumors that they're fighting And that's why they're taking a break and da da, da da And I guess earlier that Month Josh Farrow had posted something About how he was angry That the media was focusing on Haley and not The rest of the band I
0: read that I remember that came out.
1: It was it was a whole thing. Um, I'm sorry. Bands, regardless of what, what gender your lead singer is, they're going to focus on your lead singer. It is true. It does not matter. They're not going to focus on the rest of you. It's just it is the way the cookie crumbles. Correct. It happens with every band. No one was wanting to interview John Deacon. They were interviewing Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Could
0: you imagine, though? <laughs> He'd just be sitting there like, yep.
1: Yep. I agree. <laughs> um, so they did return to their hometown in Franklin to record the music video for "That's What You Get," that released on my birthday, March twenty fourth, two thousand eight, and that'll be my fifteenth birthday. Starting on July twenty eighth, Paramore embarked on a tour that they named the Final Riot, not a farewell tour, just closing out the era of mm-hmm. of the Riot time. They were joined by Jack's Mannequin, Phantom Planet, and Paper Route, and I would have literally sold one of my kidneys to go back in time to go on this tour.
0: No kidding. Because
1: that's an amazing lineup. They ended up releasing a live album from this tour called The Final Riot on November 25th, and the album included a bonus DVD with a full concert recorded in Chicago, as well as a behind-the-scenes documentary, which was really cool and wasn't done much in 2008. Uh, worth noting, around this time in late 2007, uh, Haley began dating Chad Gilbert, the lead guitarist at Newfound Glory. I assume they started hanging out when they were touring the UK together. They got engaged on Christmas Day in 2014. They Wait, were married. What? She married Chad Gilbert from Newfound Glory? Yeah, they weren't married very long, though. They got married in February 2016, and then in July 2017, they announced that they had separated. Oh, cool.
0: the fucking fuck. You keep going. I'm looking this up.
1: They, the divorce would not be final until the After Laughter tour, but they got divorced because Chad Gilbert was cheating on her. So fuck you, fuck Chad. Him. So in 2008, late 2008, we're in September 2008 now. Haley announced that the band were working on their third studio album and that it would be out in summer 2009. So they spent six weeks in pre-production at Emacs Studios in Franklin, Tennessee. Who knew that there was a studio in Franklin, Tennessee? And this is the first time they ever underwent pre-production without the producer being there. They were just left hmm. to their own devices. And um, I think it shows because I personally don't love Brand New Eyes as an album
0: sorry not to interrupt your story but i'm on his wiki page now the dude married a girl got married in 2007 divorced in 2007 before Haley. yeah so like the signs were there she's probably she probably was giving them back the doubt i'm just saying
1: the man but at least they lasted a little longer than that but you yeah know. so anyway they're working on pre-production without the producer they eventually pick up a producer wait They were visited by another producer, not the producer they're working with, just some dude, the record label had come stop by. And he was like, yes, they're on the right track. The band was feeling like the stuff that they're writing had the potential to surpass Riot and be like their magnum opus. And they were going to plan it. They planned to record it in Nashville, but they eventually moved and recorded it in Calabasas, California. It's not really relevant, but mm. interesting fact because they had recorded in Tennessee pretty much up until this point. So, the first single from the new album, Ignorance, dropped on July 7th, 2009. They also released, leading up to it, Brick, Brick by Boring Brick, the only exception, Careful and Playing God. The whole album released on September 29th, 2009. And uh, it's an album. I don't love it's brand there. new eyes. Personally, yeah. it's not my favorite. So to promote this album. They set off on a 15 day European tour. Shortly before the tour, lead guitarist, Josh announced he's engaged. He's staying away behind on tour to plan his wedding, which you couldn't plan around your tour. Like you knew this yeah. was happening. Weird vibes, weird vibes. So they got to replace him. So they bring in Taylor's brother, Justin York, to just fill in for him because everyone's related in this band. Here's
0: something like a Josh.
1: Here's something <laughs> here's, like a Josh. He's a Justin. He's a brother of another member of the band. When they get back to the US, Josh does rejoin the band. They go on a spring tour. It starts in April. Yada, yada, yada. The band ends up headlining the 2010 Honda Civic Tour, which is the dumbest fucking name of a I tour. I I've ever heard, but whatever. That began in July in Raleigh, North Carolina, and closed in September in Anaheim, California. They do a short little stint in the UK in November, and then in December, they say, hey, we're going to South America in February and March. And then we're gonna take a break, we're gonna work on our fourth studio album. We got this planned. But, in December 2010, a message is posted to the Paramore.net site stating that Josh and Zach are leaving the band rightfully everyone freaked the fuck out yeah they also confirmed but don't worry we're still gonna go on tour in south america <laughs> with half the band's gone it's Jeez. fine um josh wrote a statement on the departure on his blogger account
0: now that's that's the name i heard because years. it's
1: 2010 claiming that the band was quote a manufactured byproduct of a major label no fucking shit and Every how long have you known that Every band is a manufacturer. Sure,
0: he, he literally he also just found out Field by Ramen was Atlanta Cracker. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm out.
1: <laughs> They're not actually an in any label.
0: You're not giving me Illuminati, not today.
1: He accused Haley of being manipulated by her management. <laughs> y- yes. Like, like that's I mean, that's kind of what managers do. Yeah. Whatever. And uh accused her of treating the group as her solo project. And then this one is accurate. He claimed that she was the only member of the band actually signed with Atlantic, which is true. She's the only with the contract. The other, the other guys are just there. Oh dang, yeah. Um, and the other bandmates were simply quote riding on the coattails of her dreams, which fair, pretty rude claim. But you know, whatever. What what was that? That was December eighteenth on December. 30th mtv news interviews Haley, taylor and jeremy about like the pharaoh brothers leaving Mm -hmm. they confirmed many of his claims notably that Haley was indeed the only member signed to atlantic and they added that that statement was irrelevant and they had already discussed most of these points with the pharaohs throughout the course of their career like none of this was new news to josh yeah they just chose that moment to blow it up right
0: Pickled herring kind of pickled herring, red herring kind of situation. Red herring, yes.
1: Um It also came to light that like so throughout most of her life, Haley's always identified as Christian and regularly discusses her faith in relation to her music. And apparently one of the reasons that they this the split could have happened is because the Pharaoh brothers had very different attitudes on faith from Haley, and that's what caused the big split. There's no like Mm -hmm. there's many theories as to why they would have split. Yeah. So that January, so like 10 days after this interview, January 10th, in another interview with MTV, Haley said that despite the band losing two of its founding members, they're still going to release new music in March 2011. Um, but they didn't really confirm whether it'd be a full album or just a couple of songs. She also admitted that Paramore's style was probably going to change with the new lineup because they don't have two of the core members anymore. Yeah. It'd it, it be like that so they're kind of quiet for a while quiet and the, like they're not really releasing a whole album june 2011 they released a new singer monster which is featured on the transformers dark of the moon soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> which is only relevant because it's the first song that the band has ever released without the pharaoh brothers in the next week Haley announces that the band has started to write their fourth album, which they hope to start recording at the end of the year with a 2012 release. And in October, they announced that they would release a new song for each of the remaining months of 2011. This is really cool. The band sets up a singles club on their website to give fans the chance to purchase the singles when they're released and they're not being released anywhere else, at least until the album comes out. That's cool. So there's a song called Renegade, which came out the day they announced the club, there's hello cold world which was the november single in the morning on december 5th um and then randomly out of the blue josh and zach come back
0: just like that just like
1: that i don't know there
0: there is a theme with this band it's like you're out never mind come in
1: i don't know why they came back who knows they're there i can't explain it so with all four, all five members, five crucial members of the band back, they released Paramore, their self-titled album, in April 2013.
0: That's the album with like them in the dark, right? So I it, look it was off. them
1: in the dark, and then randomly last year they changed the cover. Now it's the it's Haley's back with a denim jacket that says Paramore.
0: Eh, I like the other one.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know why they changed it. There is no explanation. Weird. Uh, so their self titled album debuts at number one on the billboard 200 the first single from the album titled now was released January 2013 I don't know what this song sounds like I don't remember this being released as a single literally at all but the second single still into
0: you oh that, nah, that that's a that's a good one
1: achieved what is probably arguably their highest commercial success hmm I think it still uses a wedding song like on the regular
0: Her vocals are very good in that song. Yes.
1: Uh, There was a third single. Didn't write down what it was. But the fourth single, Ain't It Fun, also did extremely well.
0: Excellent song.
1: That did become the band's highest charting song. I think Still Into You has had more longevity. But Ain't It Fun is also fucking slaps. Ain't It Fun went on to win best rock song at the 57th Grammy Awards. Well, there we go. I didn't know that because that was when I was not watching the grammys because we've hit the years that i was in college and yeah i was just trying to pass college it'd
0: be like that it'd be like that
1: then randomly in december 2015 jeremy davis leaves the band yes for the third time why not no i don't know the reason <laughs> he's just gone when does he come back in uh he does not he's to this oh, day he's this not back. uh actually i do know the reason that is my next bullet point i lied In March 2016, so he left in December, so three months later, Mm -hmm. a legal battle pops up between Jeremy Davis and the band. Uh, Jeremy claims to be eligible to enjoy the benefits of a business partnership with Haley Williams because he's a co-owner of the band. Okay. This quickly got dismissed. The court did not have this. Um, So he started a new legal battle with Haley and Taylor York over a breach of contract entitling him to ownership and authorship of songs on the self-title record including ain't it fun and again claimed that he should be eligible to enjoy the benefits of the earnings received from the album which makes me wonder were they just not paying him i don't know yeah i'm curious too he i don't really know what happened because it it was was a closed court case whatever they did reach a settlement with him in may 2017 so that took a whole year and a month whatever um, but this period took a toll on Haley. She suffered from like severe depression, mental health issues, because I mean, a, one of her beloved bandmates leaves, he's suing her, Yeah. but she's also going through her divorce with Chad Gilbert at the time. Yeah. It just because it's not good vibes. Not a good match. Yeah. In, in Haley's happens. life, um, in her Apple music interview with Zane Lowe not Apple music In her beats one radio interview with Zane Lowe. She described this time as an absolute torment and mentioned that she didn't laugh for a long time. She actually privately left the band for a really short period in 2015, just a step away from it all, which meant at that moment, Taylor York was the only person in the band. What? The Pharaohs are gone. Um, for a while. The, I mean, what's his face? Jeremy is gone. Haley stepped away. So it was just Taylor York as Paramore. In January, 2016, they announced that they were working on their fifth album. In June, 2016, they posted a very short video of themselves to the studio and people started to notice, Hmm, is that Zach Farrow there in the background? And then people were like, are the pharaohs coming back or is Zach coming back and no one really confirmed it paramore just stayed quiet yeah two weeks later they posted another photo of him behind the drum set and they're like oh yeah jeremy's or zach's back for this record too many boys to keep straight confirming that he'd just be playing drums for the record they did not confirm him as a full member mm-hmm and then, surprise, they confirmed him as a He's full member, number, yeah. <laughs> like, two weeks later. Whatever. Um, also, like, right as they're recording this album, after four years of planning, Haley launches her own hair dye company, Good Die Young. With Which makes, is an excellent name, by yes, the way. Yes, with her business partner, makeup artist, Brian O'Connor. If you don't know, the color's... The original colors offered by the company included an orange called Riot, a pink called X-Girl, a blue called Blue Ruin, a yellow called Steal My Sunshine, a red called Rock Lobster, a purple called People Eater, a green called Cowabunga, a teal called Narwhal, and a black called None More Black. This
0: now makes me want to dye my hair.
1: I know. Uh, All of her colors are vegan and cruelty-free. In 2017, they launched a temporary hair dye line that disappears after one wash called Poser Paste. Ooh. And in May 2020, they released Lighter Days, which is semi-permanent pastel colors. I just think it's cool. I can't dye my hair bright orange because it's dark and it's hard to bleach, but good for those of you who can. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Yeah. uh fast forwarding to april 2017 they released hard times as a league single from their upcoming album after laughter which now the after laughter title makes more sense knowing yeah. that you know she didn't laugh for a long time in september 2018 at their concert Haley announced that they will play the song misery business but it will be the last time oh shit. For a really long time Mainly due to the line from the second verse that's perceived to be check. Sextus, which is once a whore you're nothing more. And she made a big deal about this at the time, about how they were never gonna play Moser Business again. And then randomly last September they played it again and they've been had it at their set list ever since, so I don't understand. Jeez. Made a big deal about nothing, Haley. In you know, then we we've, we've now hit the years, there's a pandemic. Nothing happens for two years. Yes. In May 2020, Haley teased a potential return to a more guitar-driven sound on their upcoming album, saying, "We've found ourselves by listening a lot to the older music that we've been inspired by." I remember this day because everyone lost their damn mind because we had yes. nothing to do during the pandemic but freak out over Paramore reuniting or resurrecting. Because at this time, it had been 17, 18, It had been three years. I just had to do that math in my fingers. That's <laughs> embarrassing. It had been three years since their album. Nothing really happened for two years, but in September 22, Haley confirms that she and Taylor York are dating, and I'm pretty sure they're still dating, so that's cute. Wait, wait. Taylor never left. Taylor stayed the whole damn time. Didn't he sue her, though? No, that was Josh and Zach. Josh and Zach sued her? No. Th- for the song? Josh and Zach did not. They left. Sorry. Right. Jeremy left, sued her. It was Jeremy. Jeremy,
0: Okay good for
1: you tom the band is currently Haley, taylor and i think josh only one pharaoh is still there anyway (laughs) um and i don't really have a good way to wrap this up other than the fact that they just released an album called this is why on february 10th 2023 i don't love the album it's not a bad album it's just not what I wanted when they said, we found ourselves by listening to a lot of older music that we grew up inspired by. Right. It does sound, it sounds like if After Laughter and All We Know Is Falling had a baby. Interesting. It's a very interesting vibe. Um, and uh, I don't know how to end this because they're, they're still, still making music and they're on tour like literally right now.
0: I love Paramore.
1: I fucking love Paramore, oh, bitch. There you
0: go. That's how you end this episode. That's how end this episode. Thank you for listening. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Good Pods. Special thanks to Death and Fawn for our intro riff. You can visit our website at com. There you find our socials, show notes, contact us, and merch. Other than that, don't do drugs. Don't do
1: drugs.